10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, everybody to talking gaming and technology once again this week on a wednesday five o'clock eastern time over here on the east coast of the united states so <laughs> we have we'll be talking gaming obviously in technology we have a number of stories we're going to get into uh, the, the second half of the podcast we're also getting some apple news chrome news one plus news the fastest computer on record <laughs> just pretty remarkable uh, Michael Keaton's return to Batman. Um, but on the gaming side, we have some pretty crazy news. Mixer is no more. Not crazy. I saw that shit coming. <laughs> um, we also got an update on um, Ghost of Shima. Some details and how the gameplay is. Shima. Shima. It's, a, it's a, a new it's Ghost of Tashima. <laughs> we also got a reveal from the creator himself, the creator of Castlevania, Sinful the Night, who also has made, who's also right, made, <laughs> also Symphonic made of the <laughs> Curse of the Moon, which was an awesome game um, on the Switch. Uh, we also got Ritual of the Night, which was the follow-up to that game, which was the full, uh, I guess you could say 2D, 2.5D, uh, which was really good. But we are now getting a spinoff of that game, uh, Curse of the Moon 2, which is, I guess, a side story or a parallel story or I'm not sure how to describe it. Curse of the sequel um, too. So yeah, I played, I played freaking yet yeah, the curse of the moon so much, but we'll get into that when we get into the story. Uh, Star Wars squadron won't have microtransactions, um, but we'll see. <laughs> and uh, X PlayStation, care. X PlayStation boss uh, has a whole theory that AAA game development growth is unsustainable at the current model. Um, he also said something else. So, you mean wait? Do you mean the model when they spend way too much time money on um, marketing and way too much money on other stuff than actually developing the game, but then claiming that they don't like when they spend five hundred million dollars on Destiny One and you know they didn't pay five hundred million dollars making Destiny One? <laughs> um, you know yeah, they spent like fifty million. Yeah, basically you're getting the money factor of that, but we'll get to the end of the gaming portion of the podcast. Um, but before we get into that, what the heck has everybody been up to? Since last week, we don't have Johnny or the Tech Geek with us this week, but oh, much for me. Just playing just guitar. Playing Call of Duty with you guys and spending more time listening to my books because I'm trying to get done. I'm on book 12 now. Mm. Um, so I'm at the final three books. Yeah. Uh, it was last few books have been very good. Um kind of heartbreaking to listen to the intro where he talks about the final days of Robert Jordan. Oh yeah. Because you haven't and, gotten to the point where Brandon Sanderson has taken over. Yeah. Well not completely, he didn't completely taken over, take over. He, he's going off notes and such. Well, he had, but, oh my yeah, God, he, you he, should see the notes. Basically the way he describes it. He, he said, said it was 4 million post-it notes at one point. Yeah. He said, basically imagine if someone came to you and said, Hey, you're the best person to glue this vase back together. Here is the dust of the vase. I need you to make it into a vase again. Yeah. It's just, he was like, uh, what the hell? <laughs> it, it's great because it, he's not having any negative effects on it at all. 
and it's been going pretty good so far. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, other than that, just playing Breath of Fire three on my PC and relaxing. You know, going on vacation tomorrow. Tomorrow's my last day of work for three or four days. <laughs> That's about it. Just Dead air. Let's go, people. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, good point. Um, so obviously, I've been playing Call of Duty with these guys like a whole bunch. I wouldn't um, consider you playing. So, I mean, I thought I was a dead weight. Wait a second here. Yeah, only dead weight because Nate can't be dead weight because you can't have two. <laughs> um, but in general, though, uh, I'm interesting with like the fact of like playing call of duty like i'm pretty sure we're getting put into higher lobbies which means we're running into hackers more i think um oh i'm 100 sure not not just hackers but controller players i'm 100 sure <laughs> it, out of let's put it this way out of 150 players you're gonna tell me every player we come across has perfect aim from 500 meters out with a submachine gun that's supposed to have some recoil it's just not possible and it happens every time we play yeah, 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 you're right. You're definitely right. It's like we had a guy we had a guy last night that we were literally all four of us on the roof, popping up in different spots to shoot this dude, and within a millisecond he had hit armor and knocked up like he'll hit armor and knock Todd in less than a a, a second. And while Todd is re armoring, I'll stand up and all my armor and I'm down within a second. And then Bazinga, then Nate. Then Todd's back up. And he knocked us like nine times in a span of 10 seconds, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> like every time he knocked someone, they would they would be rezzed and knocked immediately after when they stood up in different spots. Like he knew where they were going to stand up. There's, I get people are good. No one's that accurate. And in the time, if you watch, if you could watch a clip, the time span that it took him to kill, to keep knocking people. At the very least, one of us would have had to have a couple of seconds up because he was already busy knocking someone else. No, it was the second anybody popped up, they got put down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, that Groundhog like, game where you keep it. Was like, yeah, it was like whack-a-mole. Yeah. yeah it's that this guy was in, in, impervious to missing and knew exactly where all of us were going to pop up each time. We're on a roof with a giant wall. There's like 50,000 spots you can stand up on, and his gun is snapping and popping us every time we pop up before he even... No, that guy was hacking 100%. And at multiple other times, I, I was positive. At the very least, that, that aim assist is becoming way too prevalent, and that's why everybody we play against is using controllers. Well, that's like I said. Like, Okay, so there's a number of people that are pro that play on pro battlefield teams, pro counter-strike teams um, that use a mouse and keyboard. Um, they also play on Call of Duty teams as well. And these people use a controller. They don't use a mouse and keyboard when they're playing Call of Duty. Um, there because has Call be, of Duty has the aim assist. Because there has to be a reason for it, yeah. Um, and when I was reading on it, like ones that have changed over that play, have now played Call of Duty on a play Call of Duty team um, that were on like battlefield teams, other teams, that whatnot, like I just pointed out, they said they would spend about a good three months just playing with a controller before they joined the team so they get used to the controller. They said it does take a while to learn the curve of using the controller in the same like speed as a keyboard, but it, you can get there as long as you put in the time to learn the controller. 
Um, you can get it just as fast as a keyboard as long. As but you can. but the point is, once you learn the controller, it does the rest for you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not a it's not a like hey jump to this this other thing skill thing it has nothing to do with that. People are picking up the controller because once you get an understanding, you you can be a below average shit player and you'll be a good player. Yeah, by being on a controller. Yeah, because it just helps you in every regard when it comes to your accuracy. Yeah. And then yeah. you take into account that Call of Duty has barely no recoil in their weapons. So all you need to do is all you need to have is that that aim assist. You don't have to worry about feathering your shots or anything. No, 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 yeah, don't worry about that. Um but yeah. Uh still yeah, most of them playing that and obviously and I realized that because I started I got Puyo Puyo Tetris, I bought it on the Switch as well. I own it on Steam. Um but I realized it's mostly Japanese players that play that game. All I do is get paired against Japanese players. Um, Duh, and I haven't even made it out of, I haven't made it out of the level one rank yet. Well, level like like whatever hundredth billionth rank because all I run into is Japanese players. But it's making me a better tennis player. That's the one thing which is cool. But it's crazy hard. Um, so. I feel bad for any beginners that want to get in Tetris and buy that game and go, I'm going to play online. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're... <laughs> oh. So, I mean, it's pretty bad. But it's it's good, though. I like it. <laughs> Remember that, people. If you need if you need a quote for your box, it's pretty bad, but it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Okay. Let's get into our gaming topics here. So... I don't first really one. want to. <laughs> the first one we get into, so the announcement from the man himself, the creator of Castlevania, Cynthia the Night, um, came out, a video came out announcing Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. So if you guys don't know, we did actually a review on Curse of the Moon uh, for the Switch. Um, Curse of the Moon is now coming out. Uh, I Curse of the Moon, which is great because it has one of those features that is in all the games that he has created. Uh, where if you beat it, um, there's something added to the game or something different you can do in the game. Um, like Curse of the Moon, you have to beat it three times to get the real ending. Um, and it's pretty crazy because the real ending reveals, it leads into the next game, which was the game that they were creating on Kickstarter, uh, Ritual of the Night, um, where you're, where you, the main bad guy is actually the main good guy from this game. But yeah, it's a whole crazy thing. It's a really cool story. Um, but I've beat that game, I think five times now, five or six times. Um, it's absolutely, it feels like an old school Castlevania game. That's why I played it over and over again. Um, because there's not been a game that felt like an old school Castlevania game since this game came out. Um, and I cannot wait for this game because Ritual of the Night was cool, but like this game is like how like the nostalgia part like of me remembers Castlevania games. And I cannot wait for this game. Uh, Curse of the Moon 2. Um, I never played it. Um, I've kind of fallen off of those types of games. Yeah. And it's going to... Well, re- yeah. I don't know if they're... They're really... It's, it, if it's not an RPG or some kind of game I can play like multiplayer with, I kind of just fall off of it. See, so I, I haven't love, really... I love like the super hard platformers, side-scrolling platformers. I find it weird that there's like a mech and a, a guy that shoots... Yeah, there's a sniper in it actually. Yeah. Uh, he like, has a flintlock, like, freaking musket, whatever he has. But uh, still, though, 
Oh, but I but I heard that uh what was it uh Symphony of the Night or something had one too. Yeah. The guy that uh, shotguns. Yeah, there's been yeah, there's been people yeah. So um what's weird is I don't know what happens going on with the storyline because Zingetsu um is the main character again. Um so spoiler alert to everybody who's hasn't played Curse of the Moon or Ritual of the Moon. Um in Curse of the Moon, once you beat it the third time, you play as only the girl in the third time through and you playing through and you have to beat the main character because the main character you play through the first time is now the main villain uh the third time you play through it and he's killed everybody else in the party um and he is taken up and been cursed by dude if he's taken one more time anyway so he has been you mean absorbed by this demon presence and he is the main bad guy uh which leads up to ritual of the night who you have to face in that game as well um so i don't know i think this might be a side story or a prequel i'm not sure i'm not sure where they're going with it he didn't reveal too much about the storyline of how it connects um but i'm sure it'll be interesting whatever way they do it so i can't wait to play it so i'm just really glad he announced this because like holy shit um oh look at this there's a blaster master zero two coming june 29th oh wow Blaster Master Zero, yeah, two. Yeah. And I'm really <laughs> I don't even know what Blaster Master Zero is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the one thing cool is there's the second character, who girl, the girl uses the spear. She can actually heal the party as well. Um, the third character obviously is the sniper. Um, he can shoot things and use giant like explosive weapons and all this other crazy shit he can use. Isn't it good? Um, and then you have a mech, it obviously, looks cool. who looks like a I don't know. The mech kind of reminds me of, like the mechs from Final Fantasy VI a little bit. But. Okay, the hell with your game. This looks great. Let's review Blaster Master 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is coming out on everything on PS4, Xbox, Steam, Switch. Um, every, like anywhere you can find it. I believe it's coming to Stadia as well. Um, but Oh, good. Oh, dude. Why, I, this dropped me down a rabbit hole. Why is num- number nine is coming out on the Switch? Oh, shit. So, if you are, dude, I love I, I love the ease games. I do have to say though, if you are a fan of the old school Castlevania games, um, you should definitely play Curse of the Moon. Wait for Curse of the Moon two because it's going to be just as good, and it's by the original creators. So yeah, <laughs> they can't call it Castlevania because they don't own the rights to that. Yeah, but it's just a great as great of a story though. Um, and the main character is interesting because he's an exorcist slash samurai, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> so it's just a neat story. As far as I'm sorry, concerned. Nate, you lost me. <laughs> like I was paying attention, but I'm watching this trailer for the new Yeez game and you, you just lost me. That's just dude. Falcom Nietzsche does not get enough goddamn credit. Anyway, next topic. Anyway, so star Wars, uh, Squadron. Okay, next topic. Star <laughs> Squadron won't have microtransactions. <laughs> so, or constant add-ons. Now, I don't know why they wouldn't have add-ons. Like, why wouldn't you add on to a game? I don't get it. Um, so EA mode... Because uh, <laughs> most of the time, add-ons are already in the game and you have to unlock them through uh, paying a paywall oh, thing. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's true. Well, don't they first figure out how to make a good Star Wars game? Because they can't. Just saying. <laughs> 
Like, figure well, that out first. The last one was supposed to be really good. The last no. one was good. It was good. No, that game was a poor ripoff of Dark Souls. No, it wasn't like Dark Souls at all, actually. That's really? Because every everybody tried to claim it was it was Star Wars Dark Souls with its no, combat. No, no, it wasn't. It was it was a lot more like Jedi Outcast than anything, actually. Just better graphics. Um, so it was it was good though. It was still good. I liked it, but I mean, uh, anyway. So EA has stressed that the Star Wars Squadron won't let you earn everything through gameplay, but it's now clear that they won't even have to consider. Play, paying more i mean it's forty dollars it's coming out with forty dollars <laughs> wow they're getting real desperate on these people not buying the star <laughs> so wait, wars games you, wait if you can't earn everything through gameplay no you earn everything through gameplay yeah oh you do earn. okay so it would let you earn everything through gameplay but now it's clear that you won't even have to consider paying more yeah yeah, yeah. for like a battle pass or whatever uh so there are no no micro uh, transactions and there's like uh, no like DLC or something so that you can't get free. Yeah. So Fraser didn't rule out the possibility of more. Uh, he said we could. He said, however, that's not the game. Uh, motive. Yeah. Motive wants to uh, present the Star Wars Space Battler is meant to be complete and great to its own right, and anything more. So so maybe a bonus. Maybe if you they added stuff, it's just something more that you have to unlock as you play the game, as you progress. Um, I would say if anything, they'll add like an expansion, like old school games, and add story to it. Maybe. Um, that you'll have to pay more, obviously twenty dollars or thirty dollars more. There's rumor of a VR mode. On oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be fucking killer! Holy shit! No, it's a it's a kick your brains game. out. It's an EA game. It won't be awesome no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's well, it's an EA game, but it's created by Motive. So, what? What's your point? Name one actually good, and I don't mean a game you enjoyed. Actually good EA game in the last like five or six years. Titanfall. You can't. Be... No, even Titanfall was average. That's what I'm saying. Like EA, I don't think EA's hit it out of the park in like ten years. They make regurgitated crap in which they take other people's ideas. And try to make it their own idea, and that's all they do. No, I that's really, why they're a joke right now. No, I really enjoyed Battlefield One and Battlefield Five. Was absolutely, okay. Battlefield. You absolutely liked Battlefield? Absolutely, absolutely stunning games. Like absolutely. You can like no, no. You like them? Stop. You like them? They're not stunning. They're not even close to stunning. Just because you like them, that's like me saying I think T Trails of Cold Steel is the most amazing game ever. I do, but even I know it's not. No, I'm telling you, compared to other first-person shooters, it is easily on another level. The only first-person shooters that come out right now are Call of Duty and freaking Titanfall and uh, Battlefield. You're putting up a standard of bullshit and then telling me that they're they're stunning with bullshit. So, like, Call of Duty quick, games, Call of Duty games have been the same crap for 15 years. If you like the story, that's fine, but they've been the same crap for 15 years. Battlefield games have been the same crap for 15 years. Now you're telling me that they're stunning because they haven't done anything different? That's my right. point. They literally haven't improved at all. It's like it's like pick your battle. Do you want the things not not you Grim, but I'm just saying do you want the things to change or do you complain or you complain when they change? What do you want? They they always complain when they they change certain mechanics or the way the game 
and then but then they complain that oh they have it's the same game for the last ten years. Uh, no, I felt like- my point though. My point though is that you can't tell me that Battlefield is stunning when it's literally the same game it's been for for four installments. All they do is change the story each time. They, they've never they haven't innovated anything in that game. It's not stunning. But, it's what you expect every time. Yeah, but I don't want them to innovate. Like, it felt... That's fine, but you can't use the word stunning for it. That's my point. You can't go, I'm stunned that I got the exact <laughs> same thing I got last time. No. I think the best innovation they had was the one that they made, like, Law & Order. And it failed. That I, thought was, that was, that was, I thought that, that was, was the coolest terrible. idea. That was, that was terrible. Yeah, but it was a cool idea because they made it a police drama type yeah, thing the, versus the, okay, a war yeah, game. But that was in the middle. Okay, so... What was happening there? So many, a lot of people don't realize this. So after Battlefield 3, they decided to go and update the engine. Okay. The, the, what do you call it? The Frostbite engine. So in the middle of updating that, they were making, uh, what was it? Hard, whatever the fucking, that, what the game was called? Hardwired or whatever. Um, <laughs> Self-destruct? No, I, I don't remember. Metallica. Anyway, so <laughs> that game that he's talking about where you play a cop um, or you can play the robbers either way. Uh, so they were in the middle of well, updating that's the that engine. Player. Um, and you could tell they were because it was the hitboxes were the worst I have ever seen, even compared to 1942 Battlefield. Like the hitboxes were absolutely horrendous. Like I, that's why people got so pissed off at that game and why it uh, failed so see, bad. It I, ran I, horribly. I, I played the campaign and it was pretty fun. It was, it was a cool story. Yeah, but I'm sure the camp, like I point out, the campaigns are fun. Those games, but, like, the campaigns are like movies in that game. But, I know, yeah. I, but the, look, I know I play the most. I know I'm biased. I get it. But my point is, Nate, that you are part of the goddamn problem in the game industry. <laughs> and no, I'm serious. He, he, you're laughing, but I'm freaking serious. It's people like him who every time they pr- release the same game with a different story, and they barely even change the multiplayer at all. They just rearrange stuff so you think it's different. And they turn or they go, call the perks different things. And they go, it's stunning. You're the reason why we get nowhere and in in innovation at all you're the reason why it took 10 15 years of first person shooters before someone came up with the idea of battle royal and used it because you sit down and give them you it's like you praise these people for taking a shit like they give you the same thing every year and you're like stunning and i'm sitting back going yeah they made another one of that game not stunning at all like, I play Call of Duty every night with you guys. That game's not fucking stunning. It's not stunning at all. And anybody who but, tells me it's stunning is a fanboy. Yeah, you may Grim, enjoy that game, you, but it's not stunning. But, Grim, you value things different than I do. No, I don't. I, va- I value it like a, a real person. I can understand a series that goes three or four games of the same type of game, like no. three games, because they're running off the same engine and they want to recoup money and all that stuff. Like, well, no, no, for example... Take- Trails of Cold Steel is a four-game series. They've been using the same engine for eight years to make this. It's a small company. They're, they're building it on the same engine. I accept that. But when the next Trail of Cold Steel comes out and it's a whole new arc, if it's the exact same style with better graphics, I'm going to shit all over them because they didn't try to do anything new or better. No, I'm and th- that's the problem with you people defending no, stuff like is, Call of Duty. Not, no, I do, like, what you just pointed out was how you view things do differently than I do. So I value things based on how much money I put forward for uh, how much entertainment I'm going to get out of it. Um, if something, uh, like, say I pay 60 bucks for Battlefield 5, which I didn't pay, I paid like 40 bucks for it or something, whatever. Um, and I and say I easily play within the lifespan, I'm going to play that game. Say if I play... 
400 like hours of that game, which I played more than that probably, uh, Battlefield Five. Um, say, but just a rough number, 400 hours. So, and um, then you compare that to you pay 12, 15 bucks to go see a movie, um, for which is only two hours. I just got for 40 bucks, 400 hours worth of entertainment that to enjoy myself, like that's a bargain. That's a huge bargain, and that's an accomplishment. Your 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 entire entire defense just proves why I'm right. So <laughs> let's do it. How? Because you could get that bargain. You could still get that from these other ones, but you're being complacent about what they're doing. If they made a new Battlefield and they they tried to do something better and amazing, it would still give you that value. What you're saying is you're accepting that value. Because you know they're not going to give you anything better. And because of that, they never try to. Battlefield has been the same game for how many goddamn installs. Call of Duty has been the same game. I don't care that they make new modes. They keep renaming the modes. They're the same goddamn modes you've had before. They just rename shit every time. That's very true. Yeah, you're right about that. Like, I get what you're saying because you like Battlefield. That's fine. But you cannot turn around and go, Battlefield is a stunning game. No, it's a great game for what you want to do. It's not stunning. It's the same shit they push every time, and you're fine with that. It's disingenuous to tell people that that game is stunning. Because then you're going to get someone who doesn't play Battlefield to go out and buy that game, and there's a 50-50 chance they're going to go, Oh, this looks like the battlefield I my friend played four years ago. No, but that I'm not really it's not really stunning. Yeah, but my point was the value I get out of it for dollars per entertainment. Yeah, I but that has nothing to it do with it. It shouldn't be based on money, how much you spend. It should be based it, on it should be just that you like it. It's an entertainment. It's something you do to entertain yourself. But um, it has that has nothing to do like your value proposition has nothing to do with whether or not they're putting forward any real effort in making the game. Like the EA is the kind of company that complains that they got to spend more on AAA games. Yeah. Blow me. You don't have to. Um, You're using but, the same assets you've been using for fucking eight years. Yeah, it doesn't so, cost as much to make a game. So real quick, um, I looked up, uh, you know, EA the best EA games in the last ten years. It's pretty funny. Just I'm just gonna go over them real quick. Don't say anything. Plants vs Zombies, Grinder Warfare. Yeah. Death Spank, whatever the hell that is. Kingdoms of Amalar, Reckoning. Uh, Star Wars Jedi, number seven. Number six, Titanfall 2. Number five, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Number four, Dead Space 2. Uh, number three, Apex Legends. Number two, Battlefield 3. And number one, Mass Effect 2. Yeah. And all, all the games on that list have something in common. Most of them were doing something quite different. Mm hmm. Like Mass Effect 2 was a huge different. I don't like Mass Effect at all. Huge change from the first one. Um, Plants vs. Zombies, I, I'm not a big fan of that game either, but that's not, unlike any other game you see on the market. It's a third person shooter, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like those, those games, interesting. those games say more to me than let's do another battlefield in World War II, but let's make it unrealistic about how World War II was and let's, let's circumvent an entire legacy of world war two with chicks and battles that weren't, they weren't in mm-hmm. like that. Forget about all that other stuff that nothing offends me more than them literally taking changing history. An, <laughs> an, well, an actual mission that took place in the real, in the real world 
with Polish soldiers doing a suicide mission against a a water treatment plant that the Nazis had, and you remove all of the male Polish soldiers and invent a female soldier to do it, and you pretend that they never existed. That is very disgraceful to the people who actually did it and died doing it. You could have just wrote your own story, but you took someone else's story and then you erased them from it. That's horrible. Yeah, but it's still, work of fiction. It's still a work of fiction either way, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it would be like if I told a story about D-Day and I was like, I'm going to tell a story about these soldiers that actually existed in D-Day. It was these five guys that landed on the beach and fought on D-Day and they really existed. But I'm going to remove all five of the guys and turn them into chicks. No, you remove them all, and they were dogs. But my point being, it's forget about turning this chick. You you remove all. You took all the guys out. They like say they were all close friends from Brooklyn. Five guys grew up in Brooklyn, joined the army together, and they stormed the beach in Normandy. And I go into EA and I'm like, I got this great idea for a mission in the new battlefield. I'm gonna put together. It's gonna be these five guys who really existed that grew up in Brooklyn together, and they fight, and all but one of them dies on the beach of Normandy, and they fight as friends. And the guys like, great. But take out all five of those guys that didn't grow up in Brooklyn. Instead, two of them grew up in Japan. One of them grew up in France. And the other one's a black guy from Africa. And you go, well, what about the five guys that grew up in It's their story. Well, we don't worry about their story. We're going to take their story and we're going to put new characters in it. And their story doesn't exist anymore. That's very disrespectful to well, the people I, the story I, is about. Well, I think that turns into a lot bigger debate of how history is written. But I won't get into that. Uh... No, I'm not. I'm not talking about history, dude. Like you watch Band of Brothers; it's based on actual soldiers that were there, yeah. right? Like the people are alive. So imagine if they did Band of Brothers and they got the story from Red Winters, the guy who played their CEO, and then they decided that they were going to take Winters out and put a female Winters in and tell it as if it was her story and pretend he didn't exist. Yeah. That would be very disrespectful to his legacy. About what he did. That's especially, what I mean. especially if they like used like the same names, yeah, like, like the last names and stuff or something like that. That would oh. be very disrespectful to the yeah. character, to the person itself. That's all I'm saying. Oh, That's what yeah. really bugged me about that. It was very disrespectful to the characters that actually existed. <laughs> it actually to the is, people. It actually is what countries have done to other countries and changed their history and changed their names. Actually, yes, yes. And I'm not saying that's not disrespectful. That's my fucking point. <laughs> Other people, we people have but, done it before. Don't goddamn do it. No, but then, but that's doing it as a fictional piece of entertainment. It's been done in real historical books about claiming it was fact. It's both wrong, though. That's what I'm saying. I just don't yeah. find it that wrong if it's fiction. It's not really a big deal to me. Yeah, bro. It, it wasn't. But it's fiction, not supposed though. to be fiction. That's the point. It wasn't fiction. The, 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 the mission to do that all actually happened. The only fiction was that they ripped out the character, the people who did it and put a woman and her daughter in their place. Which it doesn't was make every- it fiction. No, because that, that you literally stole their story but took them out of it so you wouldn't tell their story. That's disrespectful. No, it just, make, it just makes it fiction at that point, which is fine. That's no, but it's, it's supposed to be honoring their their heroicness, and you, you're kind yeah, of really, yeah, but was it though? Yeah, but was it though? It, it wasn't. It was until the guy in the in the board meeting said, "Good idea, rip the rip the those guys out and put this in instead." And at that point, you're no longer honoring. You're you're disgracing. Yeah. And the only reason why you're defending it is because it's battlefield. If it was a cut, if it was a company, like if Halo did it, 
you would be like, be, if Microsoft did it, you'd be mad as hell. You're only defending it because it's Battlefield. So Sony comes out with a first-person shooter literally based on World War II. And instead of it being this guy, it's this this girl or a dog. This well, dog saved the world. Here's the but thing. that's not the truth. If it, if it was like we're doing a World War II game, but with, everything's fictional, not a problem. But yeah. they were being accurate with everything except they were gender-swapping shit out of the accuracy. So they were taking accurate stories and then ripping the people who participated in them stories out to put their own people in. That's different. That's like taking D-Day and removing all the soldiers who invaded on D-Day and changing them to all like French people. Well, the entire invading army was French. Now you're just disrespecting. Well, is it real or not? Well, it's, a, it's based well, on real. real it was an invasion. Well, yeah. Close enough. We'll leave that to the <laughs> listeners to decide what side. <laughs> but we're going to get into Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, details uh, about what the how the battle system works, um, basically the difficulty of it, and um, it's pretty crazy. So the difficulty they point out does take a little while to get used to, which is really good. Um, you can counter anything um, in the middle of a middle of a swing. You can counter your actions right away um, during duels, and you take on obviously multiple people. Um, and you can obviously just hold L1 to defend yourself. Um, but that doesn't always work <laughs> uh, if you watch the video. Um, so the and the fight, and they said basically it was funny because they pointed out in the video they were trying to do a video capture. Um, and the frame rate um, is true to the game pretty well, is that the some of the attacks are so fast, they actually couldn't capture it on their video capture software. Um, hmm. They said it's not impossible once you learn the game and know how to play it. Um, but some of the moves are almost lightning quick, um, which is going to make the game that much harder. Which I don't I'm even know really anything about it because I'm buying it. Um, I was really impressed with just like the movement and stuff like that. And this guy taking out like a couple different, like uh, other samurai at the same time. Like I can't wait to actually check this game out and play it. It's yeah, know, but you're not allowed to play it yet. Cause you haven't finished final fantasy seven yet. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to talk to you about it before I forget all my stuff, uh, which um, I kind of forgot most of my any, stuff. Anyway, so, uh, so this game is going to be super impressive, um, I believe, and just the aesthetic of it, and it seems like the mechanics are there. Um, it's going to be awesome, dude. I honestly don't care about all that stuff. Like, I just, I, I can't wait to just ride around with the music and the way it looks. I am a huge fan of samurai movies more than anybody you'll ever know. I watch like seven samurai once a year because I love samurai movies so much. Mm. This, uh, the last samurai is literally one of my favorite movies. And I can't wait to just ride around and listen to that music. Everything looks great in that game. I'm so pumped to play that game. It's already gone gold. It's <laughs> Yeah. It's going to um, July. It's like July. Yeah, the pre-orders have already exceeded some crazy numbers. That's crazy. I, I'm so hyped. Like I said, dude, it's just they. It's so hard to explain, but something about Japanese music, like traditional music, with with the settings in these movies, are is so relaxing. I don't know what it is. Like I'm not a cine, cinematography guy, but you know those scenes where in in the last uh, the last Samurai 
when he's at their camp and it's just it's not him doing anything but it's him like walking around and they're just playing the music and the camera's panning the scenery yeah it's so goddamn relaxing and awesome and i don't know why i like it so much the entire setting just it's everything i want in a game i'm so freaking psyched to play this game yeah i'm watching like gameplay now yeah, it, I think when you slice their arm, it should fall off. It shouldn't just be blood. <laughs> it won't. Yeah, but it wouldn't just. No, fall your parts, off. parts do. Yeah, they it do. Depends on parts it, do fall off. Like, okay. Like yeah. in real, like they're trying to be really authentic. Like it's super hard to actually cut someone's heart off. It's not. It's not an easy thing to do. Those not, those swords are extremely sharp. Though. Yeah, but you can't just cut through bone with a sword, no matter how sharp it is. Sharp it is. Also, samurais <laughs> will they they tend to not try to because they don't want to chip the blade. That too. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, oh. God, it looks so cool. It looks so goddamn good. Like, it's crazy. Like, there's a story. Uh, one of the oh, this was, is our, oh no, he's not. No, no. One of my most influential <laughs> books I read was the Hagakure, which is a book written by a, a monk in the 13th century who was a samurai for Nobunaga. Right, that guy's um, good. <laughs> um. Anyway, so this guy talks about how was, they were got into a battle with these other guy, like this other rival, um, clan. And his friend literally got his like almost his head cut off and they saved his life. They buried him in the sand and packed his neck with like some kind of herbs a shaman did and left him there for two weeks and it healed. And I was like, wow. holy crap. <laughs> yeah. To keep the head steady. Yeah. And they had to go there and like feed him and everything. But like, holy crap. Uh, that's insane, dude. Yeah. That, that's so uh, Battletoad says that he hopes it's a huge disappointment for you guys. Mm-hmm. Just... Oh come on, Battletoad! Okay. Okay. Are, are you not buying this game? Okay, so let's get into Xbox. So no, look, he's a customer. Anyway, he's a so... viewer, dude. Anyway, so Xbox will shut down Mixer in a new deal with Facebook Gaming, which I am super surprised because if there's anybody, not... okay, if there's anybody that has worse marketing for a streaming service than Mixer, it's Facebook Gaming. Yes. Um, no, no, you're you're like... missing why they're doing this, dude. Like. They're doing it. It's not about the streaming service. This is just a side thing. Microsoft's entire goal is to quality down games so that they can pump out more through uh, what's it called? Um, it's this uh, one touch play thing that they're, they're going to be doing where you just click and you can play a game, kind of like Stevia. It's the it's what they're Stevia? going for. Stevia, what's Stevia, that? Stevia, whatever the hell this <laughs> thing is. I didn't know there's a sugar-based video game platform. It was all <laughs> over. It was all over Neograph the other day. They they announced this thing. That's where the deal comes from. If what they want to do, Microsoft as a company, is they want to completely stop doing AAA games. They want to do games that are like CFDs size, that they can just dump on Game Pass, so that they can tell you Game Pass is. Look at all the qual- look at look at how much this is worth. They're getting five hundred games. That's what their goal is, and they want to do it across platforms like Facebook and all that shit. So uh, Todd says to piss Grim off, but yes, he's buying it. Um. Anyway, yeah. So, but what does that have to do with like dropping, like killing your streaming service? Because they're moving it into it's gonna tie into the streaming service with Facebook, and also because fa- the Twitch one wasn't working. Nobody was watching it. Mixer. So, well, yeah, yeah, sorry, Mixer. No, I know, I know. Yeah. But the thing is, though, from what I've looked, less people are watching Facebook gaming. So what in the hell is going on here? 
Yeah, but they don't have to pay for any of that, dude. That's the thing. Facebook is doing all that. Facebook is doing really well. It's just they have a very bad, uh, what do we call it, our way of using it. (laughs) So so I can't even use it anymore, dude. When I try to Facebook stream, it doesn't connect to anything. No, no. Okay, so it's very weird to do it because you have to like the way you're supposed to do it is you you, like use a web browser that connects to this. It's it's just weird. I don't get it. So so I was looking into it not too long ago, um, and they finally did away with adding it to the actual regular Facebook app. Okay, that's gone. They're no longer still on mine. So they're so they're no longer doing that. I found out Um, because Mm -hmm. I found out a lot of people just like myself were like. Well, I never got that little tab thing on my Facebook. Um, and they keep on getting the runaround answer like I got from the guy we met at PAX, right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be rolled out. Don't worry. It never did. Uh, it didn't roll out to anybody, um, like he tried to claim. And then I researched it. They finally dropped it completely from the regular app, and they've made a separate Facebook gaming app and a fa- separate Facebook gaming website. Um, it will stream if you do subscribe and you're part of the Facebook gaming website. If you're subscribed to certain people, it will show up in your regular Facebook feed, and that's the only way it will. Yeah, it does show up on my feed all the time. Um, but you have to be subscribed to that person. Well, here's another question. Why is the quality already always so bad when you stream on there? Like, when I watch our videos of your stream, Bazinga, it always looks terrible. And I would think it's not you. Like, is it yep. just their service bad? I It looks fine I, when I watch it. I'm watching this guy right now. He's... H- HD and it doesn't look nearly as good as like Doc Stream does. No, because um, the way how much they compress it is ridiculous on Facebook. That's um, why it runs so well. Yeah, that's why it runs so well because the compression is so high. Um, it lo- it makes it look like shit most of the time, and the sound quality is complete ass. Um, but it's because the compression algorithm they're using just sucks. <laughs> well, you also got to change the resolution because I think it automatically sets to four twenty or four four eighty. No, I know, but like when I've looked, like I'm watching it, I'm watching it right now, and it looks fine. Like on my screen, on my computer, and it... so I have to go to this place now to get this to work right. Yeah, Facebook.com live producer thingy through Facebook yeah. gaming. Yeah, you're supposed to do that, and then okay. and then then you open up your your whatever the streaming yeah, thing. Yeah, I tried using this crate live stream thing that was there and it never works yeah it's, it's very strange but i have it set up so we log in through uh, what is it stream labs yeah but th- that's not even the way you're supposed to do it i guess i don't know I, um, that's why it's like i don't even know if we show up through the facebook gaming thing or if we just show up through get teched like is it just our friends that are able to see this and our followers on so, get tech okay, or so, does it, do we no, show up okay, on gaming so- any streaming, so this is how Facebook works for streaming, okay? So if anybody doesn't know. Um, so when Facebook streaming first started, right, they pushed it to everybody. People mm-hmm. got really pissed um, at that point. They got super pissed. Um, they allowed you to shut it off if you wanted to. Then people are still mad because they still like, oh, I don't know what this function is. Why is it still showing up? And they went, okay, fine. We're going to make it by default. It does not show up in your feed unless you are distinctly following somebody okay so and the only other way to watch facebook gaming is on the facebook gaming app so you no longer even see it on your facebook app most people don't even see it so the question is how do you even show up when you're a new streamer you have to have because only people that have facebook gaming can see it but those are the people that are opt-in to watching facebook gaming 
I don't know. I've had different people show up, but I think it's because they share it to like other groups. Yeah, but that's because you're if you're in a group because you're following somebody else. That's part of Facebook gaming. Um, they no longer will push it to even your closest friends or family because of the amount of backlash they got when they allowed that. It's never going to be allowed again. Well, I'm not following them on Facebook gaming. I'm follow, like I'm just following no, a group, and they no, probably posted it to a group. Yeah, you're following that group, like um, YouTubers or something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where, yeah. that's different though. Uh, mm -hmm. But they will no longer allow pushed live streams um, to anybody. That's gone. You have to be either have the Facebook gaming app or following the person that's streaming. So it says, welcome, uh, Mixer community. Yeah. Browse games. Browse streamers. So they have a little bit. It's a little bit better, but it, it, how do you, you know, you don't, it's how do you look up people? I mean, uh, like, like us, you know, do we show up on this? First, first uh, streamer. We should actually show up, actually. Um, anyway, oh yeah, we do. So anyway, so um, the big thing here is that Shroud and um, Ninja are most likely, from what they haven't said anything yet publicly, but across someone pointed out that according to their contract with Mixer, they're allowed to leave. Now, yes, they are going to leave. They're not going to go to Facebook Gaming. You people are morons. They already got paid. Yeah, they're gonna go back. Gonna, <laughs> There's most... no speculation here. They're gonna hop on that train to go back to Twitch. Yep. Because they weren't getting any viewers on that shitty platform anyway. Yeah. And that's gonna be the end of it. Yeah. Like their, high, their highest, their highest amount of viewers was quarter two of 19, 2019 of one hundred thirteen thousand. Or I mean one hundred thirteen million three hundred thousand. Jesus. And now it's and now it went down to eighty one million three hundred thirty two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's a yeah, big drop. It was it was shit. That's probably when uh, what's his name went to to mixer. Yep, that probably was. Yep, it's always been. But in, in quarter a quarter of one of 2018 is only 22 million viewers, and then it it went way up. But and now it's starting to drop. And I don't know. Twitch seems to have the best interface to begin with. Like we tried streaming on mixer, and it's just a Oh, it's annoying. Yeah, they've improved their interface over and over again, gotten better and better. And if anybody doesn't remember, like their interface actually wasn't that different from when it was just in TV. Um, mm -hmm. So before it was Twitch.tv, it was just in TV. Um, and they were failing as just in TV, and they changed the name to Twitch.tv and focused just on gamers. Um, yeah. It, it was it, like Mixer did have some cool features, like the whole. Uh, you can control like the viewers can control the game and stuff like that. That Twitch was neat. Does that. Twitch does that too. Yeah, but this was a little bit easier at the time. Like with Twitch, you had to like uh, type it in the chat. This one you can actually click up, down, left, right, and stuff like that. Oh. It was a little different, but it was cool. But it's, not many people used it. Um. So yeah, Twitch is easily you're not beating Twitch at the given moment in time. Uh, period. They're an established platform. Um, the only sad part about that is that um, if you want to become a Twitch streamer, you have literally a better chance of getting struck by lightning twice in the same day. Mm -hmm. Literally, that's Not, actually that's a real. Unless uh, you're an attractive woman, then it's as easy as having your boobs hanging half out. No, but that's still well, that's even, a Twitch no, spot. No, but even given that, that's still not good because you still have to get seen. Do you? If you don't realize how far down on the list you are when you first start streaming, it's stupid. People would have to scroll through like yeah. hundreds of pages, literally just to find you. Um, yeah. You're not being seen. Like, that's why I said, like, Sissic is as high as getting struck by lightning twice in the same day. 
Like, it's not going to happen, people. Unless, like, some random celebrity comes upon your stream and tweets it out. Or you send really hot, attractive pics to these random uh, white knights in the game industry. Well, people yeah, don't but, understand. But I'm like, not talking you say, about... Let me put it this way, Nate. You, your chances are more likely to get struck twice by lightning is what you said, right? Yeah. If you're a hot chick, it's once by lightning because you literally double your chances by just throwing yourself at all these white knights in the game media. Well, as a girl who's being oppressed by whatever, look at my boobs and you will have a higher chance of doing it. Well, no, I mean, without talking to the media, without doing that, just, just streaming. I'm not talking about. Well, talking. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like, yeah, if you know any hot chicks who will stream for you, there's your shot. Yeah. Literally, there's your shot. Yeah, because so, a lot of these chicks who don't even know how to play video games, they call them thoughts people. Yep, make it from doing literally nothing. Pokemon is the worst League of Legends player I've ever seen in my entire life, and she got popular playing League of Legends. How how many of them actually are playing the games and like don't have like the like somebody off camera playing it? None of them because they're all really bad at the games. I've, oh, I've they're seen, just that bad. <laughs> I, I, I found this guy called It's a Gundam, and he does joke videos about thoughts. Oh, they don't have yep. other people playing the game for him. They're just so bad. It draws more guys in to watch because they're like, oh, I don't know how to play. And the guy's like, do this, do that. Oh, I hate like, Girl gamer. Girl gamer. Girl. It, it's so, girl. so embarrassing. It, Twitch has become a haven of nothing but thoughtery. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. It's um, happened in the so, Facebook live. It's happened in Facebook gaming too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's get into this last topic before we move on to technology. They should um, just have so a channel called Tottery. Ex PlayStation <laughs> exclusive uh, executive Sean uh, Layden has put forward the case to reconsider the scale and scope of AAA video games, uh, starting that the current large scale offerings are unsustainable for the industry. Um, and he pointed out the developing so. Uh, Layton discussed an issue with Game Labs Live following uh, a conversation about The Last of Us 2, a game that was partly developed, uh, developed during his 25-year tenure at Sony. At approximately 10 years... Oh, what do you call longer? Yeah, 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 I'll get past this. Holy crap. That's likely... Yeah, so anyway, he pointed out and how much they put forward to pay for developing of this game, and they're charging only $60 for it. Uh, the problem with this model is that it's just not sustainable, said Layton. He explained that current generation development costs um, reach between 80 million and 150 million, excluding marketing costs, he said. So, but I pointed out for a grim. So, uh, yeah, for- because the point being is the only mistake is the marketing cost. The cost you know- of the game, no, because the cost of the game makes sense. Stop blowing so much money on marketing, start being smart. Spend a little on having a YouTuber have a trailer for your goddamn game. Go to Doc and go, hey, we got a Battle Royal game coming out. Do you mind if we put an ad on your stream? He's not going to charge you anywhere near as much as TV does to do that. Well, that that's just like uh, CD Projekt Red right now. Did you see what they're doing? They're sending out the game early to people, and they get like this T-shirt that says, oh, I got to play the game before release or something like that, and they're kind of promoting it that way. Right but, now. It's happening right my, now. My point is they're, they're spending, the marketing is the problem. They're spending $400 million so they can get like a commercial on the Super Bowl. No one cares yeah. who watches the Super Bowl. Market on the things you have available. You have you have Twitch, you have YouTube, you have Reddit, you have uh, Instagram. Get a small marketing team and market on that well, for virtually is... nothing. No, no. Okay, so I'll explain what the what's going on there because 
I listen to economic podcasts because I'm a nerd. But Another thing this guy said real quick is that uh, the games shouldn't be over 15 hours long. Well, he's wrong. So I don't. <laughs> um, I'm not. You, what you got? You tell me I'm going to defend him because he's Sean Layton. No, <laughs> guys, sorry. You don't know how to make games, dude. All right. You don't know how to make games. I'm sick and tired of hearing this, this freaking excuse. The Witcher took them five years to make. I've been playing that game for a goddamn year. It made them so much money. They're the most they're the most valuable game company in Europe now. Yes. You, shut oh. up. You're wasting money on wrong, on the wrong shit. So anyway, so I'll explain to the model that they're going by why he says this. Because um, I do understand why he says this. So um, like I pointed about inflation. I've pointed this out over and over again. Um, given inflation, a game right now. On the sales on the sales floor at your local store should cost easily one hundred and thirty dollars, <laughs> on average. No, if you, if yeah. you, no, no, okay. no. I understand. I understand. It's just that's a crazy amount. Of well, money. no. Okay, so if you go back to nineteen ninety one, right? Um, that game with inflation. If you go back in time, you were paying the equivalent of one hundred and thirty dollars in ninety one for an SNES game. You were paying the same. You were paying that equivalent. Um, if you want to go backwards and go backward inflation to 91 SNES games on average, given today's prices would have costed 20 to $30, all of them, but they didn't, they costed 60 to $80 in 91. All right. All right. Number so, one, they costed, they costed that much because of hardware, because when you wanted to get a game and they had to add more memory to make the game bigger, the, the chip put in the had cartridge. more stuff on it. So they had to make it bigger. That's why Chrono Trigger cost 80 bucks because it needed more chip space. The argument for this is terrible because they are overspending on shit they don't need to spend. I've said this a thousand goddamn times. Mm. Are you telling me that a game that costs $80 million to make and sells 10 million copies doesn't recoup that cost by like five times the amount? If it didn't, it's because you wasted two hundred million dollars on goddamn marketing. Yeah. So well, the question is, the how much does marketing, marketing cost? Okay. So how much does it cost? Way too much. Okay. So right now, okay. So we're living in a different. We're living in a new era, right? Where Twitch exists, YouTube exists, uh, social media exists, um, and a lot of upcoming companies do use uh, social media and streamers and YouTubers to promote their products because it is cheaper. Like Grim pointed out. Um, but the problem with companies that have been around a long time, like Sony, um, that have, and Nintendo have been doing this forever, stick by a very old model of marketing. Okay. Wait, wait, no, oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold, hold on, hold on, Grim. Let me finish. So the old model of marketing is that you put more than half your budget into marketing because that's going to pay back in double. And that's a standard, what you learn in business school. That is actually what you learn. So again, you prove my point. It's their fault. No, it's but not our fault. They, they're not changing with the times. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's the problem. They're refusing to change with the times. It's easy. I don't understand how people like, I'm not going to see a last of us two commercial on TV. I might see it once. Do you really think that got 20 million people to buy your fucking game? No, it got more people than average to buy. It got more people than no, average to buy. No, word of mouth did because people saw the trailer on the E3 and then they saw the and then they watched the gameplay and then they talked to their friends about it. Get, the problem is gaming has become mainstream. You don't need to spend forty million dollars on a goddamn commercial in the middle of like CSI Miami or something that no one's going to care about. The the market you're shooting for 
isn't watching the channels that you're spending absorbent amount of money to marketing on to market on and video game magazines barely exist anymore are you paying ign 20 million dollars to have banners running on their screen why i don't get onto a game uh, on the ign and see a banner that says like battlefield 5 and go you know what i didn't know about battlefield and nobody else does you're blowing money in the wrong spots make good games and spend the money where it matters. So, and you'll, end so up like, you'll end up like um, CD Projekt Red, who doesn't our, blow their money on our, anything stupid. One of our viewers says, uh, you know, distribu- distribution costs are way down. No manuals to print, no CDs to press, no boxes to buy. So that should save them money, too. Actually, they, they, do, they-, they press a lot of uh, uh, Blu-rays, actually. That's fine. That's the only cost. I'm telling you, it's marketing price. Remember, remember how shocked I was when I when someone told me that Justice League was considered a failure, and I was like, it made a billion dollars. Yeah, but they spent like eight hundred million dollars on marketing. What the hell is wrong with you, retards? <laughs> yeah, you but, didn't need to spend eight hundred million dollars yeah, on marketing. Okay, but, you okay, did it. So, Grim. Okay, say if you're a person in the marketing department, right? Say you just got out of college. I'm talking about like, say if you got a college yesterday, uh, for a business degree, right? They that what do you call it? Your degree would tell you, pay more money in marketing. Yes, and my common sense would say, dude, don't waste that money on marketing, you stupid bastard. <laughs> no, but I'm I mean, saying I'm that's like, what. Get a get. Here's Bob. Bob's 500 pounds. He's a fat guy. He sits in his chair all day. Tell him to give him the trailer. Tell him to get on message boards and tell people that the trailer is coming to YouTube this here. Mm-hmm. Hype it up on Twitter, and in a month we'll drop that trailer. We'll get 20, 30 million views, and it will cost us 20 bucks an hour for Bob. No, but I'm saying that's <laughs> the, but the problem is the schooling right now. These people are getting degrees, and they're hiring people based on degrees. And these people are being taught in the schools. I'm not disagreeing with you that, man. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. I'm telling you this stupid. No, I know they're, they're wrong. I'm saying we have to change. You have to change that at the core, though, which is the college. We have to throw away those textbooks and retrain these people. Well, there's that, and then there's the uh, whole. Uh, it's this is worldwide, so we got to get things in different languages and stuff like that. And I, it, the biggest question is how much does this marketing cost? Just like say you go to ABC, hey, I want this on a commercial. How much are they being charged? They're going to ask you, what is your market value you're estimated to make off this game, right? And they're mm-hmm. going to want a huge percentage of it. Yeah, something. That's the biggest thing. Like, and that's when you go. I tell you what, I'm just gonna do a reveal on Twitch and some some Twitter stuff. I'm gonna tap some people I know in the industry because I work at EA and I can get a whole lot of the industry moving without having to go through any of this marketing bullshit. It's that simple. Like Call of Duty. I don't know how they spend so much money on Call of Duty every year. They have a fan base that knows it's coming every year. They don't need to spend any money on marketing. All they need to do is tell people, "Hey, we're." Re- we're going to show the new Call of Duty in August on Twitch. Come check it out. And that, and then perpetuate that to all the, the news sites. Mm-hmm. Drop that on Twitter. Have someone retweet that every couple of days. You're going to get your views. People are just, it's just, it's not the AAA industry. It's the marketing industry. Yeah. It's strangling the AAA industry. And people are so dumb that still work there that they're blaming. They're blaming gamers for wanting more quality. I want more than 15 hours in my in my $60 game. Well, you're, you're killing us. No, dickhead. You spent 100 bucks telling someone down the road about it during Roseanne, and no one's watching that. <laughs> well, you spent, that's what happened. You spent 100 bucks for a 10-second spot on the Super Bowl, 
but 85% of the people watching it either don't care or, or are gamers and they already know about it and they're going to check somewhere else. You did, well, you did. Yeah, because well, like, like Nate's right with the whole schooling thing. Because like, I guarantee you that like, a lot of the schooling doesn't talk about use use your your social media, use use exactly. the uh, the don't. internet, talk to YouTubers. You know, spend in some some companies do like Project Red. They they're doing it with their uh, Cyberpunk they game. They don't, and this but I like, bet they don't train them that. And like, if you really want to get smart with this shit, the thing that oh, did I figure what I was gonna say? Holy shit, I did. <laughs> oh no no it was a good but keep going i'll figure i'll remember All right, so, it was a good point. and this is a problem like i pointed out with college in general like this is why the like comptia exists for the tech industry and microsoft uh learning whatever they're called um the reason why is because they don't allow they don't hire people from college for a good reason uh because people that get out of college for computer science today are learning what computers were doing 10 years ago mm-hmm. that's a problem in the industry that's why they will not accept your college degree in computer science because it's shit. <laughs> um, that's why CompTIA is the authority on te- IT and why they make you get recertified every two years or you lose your license, period. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. It was a um, good point, though. It was a good point. Um, and that's the main reason. The same thing with any IT industry. You have to, uh, with the Cisco license, the Linux license, you have to get recertified every two years. That's like getting a whole college degree every two years because this industry is constantly moving and constantly updating. College degrees are shit. <laughs> God, what the hell was I going to say? Especially in the tech and gaming well, industry. Well, I said talk to social media, talk to YouTubers and Twitchers. Well, the best thing That's for what college, I said. <laughs> yeah, the best thing for college right now, if you want to go to college, is for coding because they actually do a pretty damn good job teaching people code. So, eighty percent of the games he sees, he gets today. He, he he saw from seeing someone else play them. Yeah, yep. That's that's how it works, dude. The other twenty percent are from seeing it on on Steam and then going to check out streams of it. Yeah, then picking it up. Yep. Okay, it it just bo- bo- boggles my mind because these people don't even re- really understand what AAA is. Like again. CD Projekt Red, five years to make The Witcher. Didn't spend a ton of money. All they did was show it at E3. And that was all they needed to do. And then they just focused. Like, it's been five, six years. How long has it been since they started Cyberpunk? That was like ten years ago. No, they, they the actual development. They started it right after they got done with The Witcher 3. Yeah, we're not talking. We're not talking about the small group of people who were, like, brainstorming. I'm talking about the actual development. Hmm. I don't remember. It was at least it was like what eight, nine years ago. It was a long time ago because they had they came out with that that trailer that I was like, oh my god. Yeah. All right. The Witcher Three came out in 2015, so it's been five years. Yeah, and no, there was and that, that game coming out at the end of the year, and that game looks better than anything these other companies have done, and I bet you. They'll tell you, well, because we spent the budget we spent, we just doubled the budget for the game and grew, dropped the budget for marketing by like 90%. Uh, you know, oh, now I remember. Now I remember. Ha! I was just going <laughs> there. Now I remember. And also, be, I feel like these ad people are trying, are purposely trying to hold back the industry because it's what keeps their jobs. You want, like, you look at Sony. What has Sony managed to do? 
they've managed to make it so they don't have to advertise a game coming out. They just have to tell you it's coming from their studios. They have managed to keep the quality so good in their studios that they announce a game from their studios and you're excited. So that means, in theory, they don't have to run commercials for new Sony games. They can just run a commercial every for their studios. They can run one during the Super Bowl that says, Sony Studios, top of the world, a bunch of pictures of their games. And that's all they really need to do. They've put themselves in a situation where you hear it's coming from a Sony studio and you think the game's going to be good right off the bat. Well, that's what the, they do. That's, yeah, but that's the problem with a company like EA. Of course, they're spending $500 million to run a commercial during the Super Bowl. Because every time they announce a game, you go, I don't know if it's going to be any good. It's a freaking EA game. But it goes 90%. Like, so the, the, the teaser trailer came out in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, but the That's... teaser trailer was only, they hadn't started actual development until their team got done with The Witcher 3. That's crazy that they that it happened that long ago. The, the, the teaser trailer was, hey, we bought the rights to do this. We're going to do this kind yeah. of thing. But, anyway, as I was saying, my my point is, I think another reason why the, the AAA games are unsustainable is not just because of the marketing. It's because when your companies spend a ton of time making regurgitated bullshit and only every now and then make something that's a big hit, people are much less likely to care about any of your games except for that one hit. That's why nobody really cares about anything EA does except for Madden and Battlefield. Well, And okay. the only thing... Yeah. The only thing Activision does that anybody cares about is Call of Duty. And it's because they have degraded the value of their company by putting more money into the advertising than into the actual games Actually, themselves. Activision makes more money. You know what they make the most of their money off of? Probably mobile games, but that's not the point. It's, yeah, off Candy Crush alone. That's not the point. But I wasn't talking about how much money they make. My point <laughs> was they have made people think Activision, oh, everything they make is shit. I love Call of Duty, though. So when Activision announces the new IP, half the people don't even care about it because it's Activision. They have devalued their IP and their, their company with how they treat games that they release. Same thing with EA. That last Star, You say that last Star Wars game was good, right? Yeah. 90% of the people that like Star Wars probably didn't even give that game a chance because the previous two they made were shit. And it's their fault for that. It's not our fault, and it's not AAA gaming being unsustainable's fault. You are reducing the sales of your games because you're unwilling to spend the money on the actual making of the game. You instead want to spend money on spinning the quality of the game to get people to buy your game instead of just making a quality game. Well, the one thing also doesn't point out completely in this article is that the cost of hiring developers has gone up drastically in the last like 20 years, like huge. Well, obviously the cost of making the game is going to go up. Yeah. The, 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 the point is, like I said, if people perceive your company as a company that doesn't make good games, you hurt the chances of people paying attention to your new game when you announce them. So you have to spend more money on marketing to get people to pay attention to this shit. Like, yeah. like I said, EA probably had to spend millions, probably two, three hundred million on that Battlefront two game because of how bad the first one was to convince this people that this game was going to be good. If the first one came out and was amazing, all they had to do was announce the second one. You see what I'm saying? Like, 
it's like going to a restaurant to get a sandwich. If you go into a subway and you get a sandwich that has really good ingredients, you might come back for another subway. You go into a sta- subway and they get and it's shit agree- ingredients, you're not going to come back for more. And that's what's happening with these AAA studios. If you release bad games, people are not going to come out and give you the shot with the good game you might release. Mm. It's the same thing that happened with fucking Microsoft. I don't like Sea of Thieves. Apparently, Sea of Thieves is amazing now. Apparently, but you know what? But not. You know what? Every game they released up to Sea of Thieves was considered... The Gear, Gears of War 5 is a perfect example. Everything Microsoft has released this generation has been considered shit by the gaming community. This is a fact. I'm not being hyperbolic. You can look it up. All their, all their games are considered laughable exclusives. Then they release Gears. Gears is actually good. Thing barely breaks 3 million copies sold until they put it on Game Pass because they made everybody think their games were shit ahead of time by releasing a bunch of overpriced crap. Yeah. That's the problem with the AAA industry, releasing overpriced crap. Okay. Well, and that's going to wrap up the gaming portion of the podcast. (laughs) Sorry. That's going to wrap up the gaming portion of the podcast. We're going to move on to technology. Remember, if you're listening to us on whatever platform, whatever app you're using, remember, give us a rating. It really helps circulate the podcast. And I'm sure if you're on your phone right now listening to this podcast, whatever podcast app you're using will allow you to share your podcast app out to Twitter, Facebook, whatever social media you decide to use. You can share it out. Let other people know, hey, I just listened to this podcast. It was pretty good. You might want to check it out. Also, keep in mind, if I triggered you, please, I would love to debate it. So go check (laughs) us out over there. Let us know how we're doing. And remember, check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash gettech. And go check out all our great content. We have more content coming up. We haven't shot a video in a while, but we plan to start shooting videos fairly soon. Um, we hope so. Because there is a pandemic still on the loose. So we're trying to, trying to be safe, people. Trying to be safe. Um, okay. Let's move on to technology. Um, before we start on this first topic about Apple, what the heck has everybody been watching? What the heck you been doing? Um... What did I watch this week? Oh, God, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, I watched a bunch of old New Japan shit because <laughs> I love my New Japan wrestling. And then I had an, uh, a shitty movie night and watched Rad and the Wizard. I love the Power Glove. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and a couple episodes of um, Mystery Science Theater. Not really a fan of the later seasons when they brought Pearl on. Hmm. She's nowhere near as funny as TV's Frank and the doctor guy. No. In fact, she's kind of terrible. Yeah. Like, real terrible. But other than that, nothing really. Yeah, so I haven't watched much. I haven't watched much myself. I've been... Uh, Ooh, South Park, yes. Watching Grimm's favorite show, Batwoman. What? <laughs> Why are you watching Batwoman, you... Soy boy number two. Because I don't have because I, it was free. <laughs> yeah, but there's other stuff to watch, dude. Uh, do you have yeah. Netflix? No, I don't have any of those now. I lost. Them. Okay. I use the I use other things, but it's just a okay. Okay, you need. Okay, I got a show for you then to get you off of this crap that you're watching. You need to watch The Last Kingdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's based on a book series. It. It's basically based on the Danish invasion of, of your, uh, Europe right before England became England, when there were like five kingdoms. And it puts a fantasy character in named Uhtred, who plays 
like the protagonist character and he's around other Vikings that really existed and they go through battles that actually happen. They just kind of make him the commander mm-hmm. and the character that the story focuses on. Excellent show. That's a show for you to watch. Screw Batwoman. Batwoman <laughs> is for terror bads. But it, it, is, is it, it, I couldn't get through Game of Thrones episode two. The thing with Game of Thrones is that it's a slow burn. It doesn't hook you uh, until at the end when they kill um it's at like, the end of the first season. Um, it's like, hey, so uh, what did you do today? Oh, I did this today. You guys, yeah, you guys are barely. Well, I know. I think Grim would get through the books, but there's a lot more to the books in Game of Thrones. Than I've read. Too. I've read up to. Um, let me see. I think a Feast of Crows is the fourth one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've read up through Feast of Crows. The um, good I news would... is the Wheel of Time is much more action oriented, so you should see some good shit. Oh yeah, 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 but the. Don't ever, ever, because I was going to re-listen to Game of Thrones on audiobook. The Whoever they hired to do those is terrible. Yeah, you got to get the right <laughs> I'm starting to realize, yes, because like, I want to do Neuromancer, but the only version I can find for free of Neuromancer is from the writer, and it just sounds terrible with him reading it. Oh, Neuromancer is so good. I have the collector's edition of that book. It is such a good book. I expect it's good. As he walks down the aisle with a sword. Anything Neil Stevenson or William Gibson is absolutely amazing. Um, They're both super prolific writers. Like, holy crap. Like, they can write. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so what I've been watching is... uh, uh, So, Penny Dreadful is about to wrap up pretty soon. That's been an amazing season so far. uh, Based in um, uh, L.A. right before World War II. Um, What's it called? Penny Dreadful. What? City of Angels. That's it. That's it. Um, I saw that on a on the feed. So it's absolutely stunning. Like the time. The reason why is because obviously most people that know me, I have a kind of affinity for the 1920s and slightly after. Um, I just love that time period. Is it related to the first? No series. Nah, no, it's, it's a different. different. So you can start with that one. So do you know what the Penny Dreadful? Do you know what Penny Dreadful was? I can't remember. Okay, so it was Some it was little short stories. Almost like comic books way back in the day, of uh, mm-hmm. like kind of creepy stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Penny. That's where they got it from. Um, it has a lot of the same actors in this, uh, obviously. Um, like the guy who played Frankenstein's monster, um, mm-hmm. uh, plays a Nazi. Well, he's not. Yeah, he plays a Nazi in this season. Well, there's what's that other TV show that does the same thing? Hmm. Um. Anyway, so. Kind of like how uh, the the haunted series there, the haunting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Show you watch there, American Horror Stories. American Horror Stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah, but this is really great because um, it's weird how timely it is at this moment because um, it follows a storyline that goes on about the whole racism that was going on in L.A. against the Mexicans at the time, Um, and it's very timely, I guess you'd say, the way they're doing (laughs) it. But like, it's really, really well done. just to see some of the things bring brought to life that you can hear about and read about during that time. They did a really, really great job. Um, and there was one more episode left. I think it's going to be really, really good. Um, like they follow real mythology in this season and set for the bat, like the bad character, which is kind of supposed to be like a, I don't know, Satan incarnate almost or something, but she's this girl called Marta. It was supposed to be kind of evil incarnate. She actually is nowhere in mythology, but they kind of just added her. It's a creation of the writer. 
Um, but mm. she can become like anybody, and she's like four different characters in the show who's kind of trying to make humanity fail. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And also, definitely check out. So, Nosferatu just started uh, season two. I never finished season one. Um, yeah, and so far, like Nosferatu season one uh, covered about maybe a quarter of the book. Um, and then there's a time jump, which they did in this season. There's a time jump right at the beginning. Could you not book. spoil? I just said I hadn't finished the first one. Just yeah, say it's good. I'm not and telling you the story. I'm just saying there's a time jump. Dude, ti- I, time jump is a freaking spoiler. <laughs> um, that's like a- me te- not me telling you that Naruto grows up midway through the series. Okay, but that's not really a spoiler. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, so it's really, really good though. Like I just like the acting on that show is really, really on point. Um, and the big thing for me is I love watching that show because it's all shot in Rhode Island and about 70% of the show is shot in Hope Valley and the other 30% is shot in West Warwick. Um, so you always see things like this first season, this first episode, I'm like, I know that road, like it's over on Skunk Hill road. Like I know that road, like, and there's like other areas. I'm like, that's definitely the back roads of Hope Valley. Like it was really cool. They should have used the cemetery. I think they did actually. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in that cemetery is actually in the opening credits actually. Huh. Uh, which is really cool. So it's really, really, if you haven't checked out, I would definitely check out the book. The book is absolutely really, really stunning. Uh, written by Joe Hill. Um, it was Stephen King's son, if anybody doesn't know. So anyway, let's move on to the first topic of technology. Apple's announced it uh wwdc 2020 keynote everything announced that they announced so let's get into that you didn't put it in that order i did actually nope i did i didn't nope uh chrome is the first one you put and then it goes chrome one plus then apple oh oops okay you're right okay so i'll get into chrome (laughs) all right you're right okay so chrome will soon uh uh, be less memory hog than Windows 10. Now, how is that possible? Because, because they use code. They use they use information from Microsoft's browser. What? They're using some technique that Microsoft Edge. It says right there. It's borrowing a queue from Microsoft Edge. Okay, but Edge is a, a freaking memory hog too. Well, apparently, it's going to be twenty five percent less memory hog. Oh. These people need to learn from like good browsers. Twenty seven percent. Twenty seven percent. So two really good browsers. Vivaldi, oh God! Here we go with the um, Linux rant. Oh uh, no no <laughs> no! Vivaldi uh, and uh, Brave browser have both. They won for one um, at DefCom. They won the best browsers on the market right now. Both of them did. Uh, highest level of security. Uh, highest level of anonymity. Like people will not know you're on the internet pretty much using these browsers if you don't want them to. Um, and the least amount of usage on the CPU and memory out of all browsers. It says it's gonna Chrome will switch to segment heap memory management. Mm. Uh, and Microsoft used it. Uh, yeah, it's a technique from Microsoft Edge to lower RAM usage and boost performance. Yeah. Uh, it could vary widely depending on the system, but it says it sometimes saves hundreds of megabytes. In yeah, the browser system process, many core systems are most likely to see the largest benefit because apparently it had issues with multi-core. 
Yeah, it did. It did. Um, but just in general, I think that's great. I think they're like obviously it's good in general that they're obviously going to have it's going to run a little better and use less memory. Um, but my point is, Brave Browser and Vivaldi are both based off Chromium. So Chromium is what Chrome is based off of. It's the open source project of Chrome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and both those browsers run better than Chrome or Edge, which Edge doesn't exist anymore. Um, if anybody doesn't know, um, Chromium is what they use to build the new version of Edge, which they're just calling Microsoft Browser or something now, or back to Microsoft Browser. But anyway, the next big update for Windows 10 is going to have that browser in it. Um, and it's supposed to be takeover for Edge. And that's based off Chromium. Um, which is pretty much Chrome without all the bullshit in it. That Mike, that Google adds to it. And if you like Vivaldi, which which I use uh, on all my stuff, and Vivaldi is great. They allow you to sync up to your phone, everything else. It all syncs together, which is a great feature, um, which Chrome has as well. Um, but it also has a whole bunch of privacy settings that allows you to be completely act like you're not even on the internet. The internet cannot track you. doesn't allow any site to track or watch you or set markers or cookies or any of that stuff. It does not allow any sites to do it. Like if everybody doesn't know we covered that thing on Facebook, you can opt out of it, but Facebook does track every single thing you do. Even off Facebook. Mm. So, yeah. I think it's impressive, but I still think they have a long way to go. All right, so OnePlus. So OnePlus, I got the first OnePlus One. Um, Wait, that equals two! <laughs> I got the first OnePlus One, um, and their whole entire marketing thing, right, when they were coming out, was that we are going to release a flagship phone with a, a phone that had better specs than the current flagship phones for a quarter of the price. And they did it. Mm -hmm. For $350, um, you could get that phone, the OnePlus One, when it was launched. Um, I think that was the bigger memory package was $350. Um, and you had it for a while, too. I did. I had it for a long time because they constantly kept updating it, which was awesome. It ran great. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that was their entire marketing thing. And then I don't know what the heck happened because OnePlus Two was just as well priced. And then after that, it went downhill. They went, nope, we're going to start charging $900 for our phones. Okay. Yeah, they went premium. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now OnePlus is working on a more affordable smartphone product line. CEO uh, Pete Lau confirmed uh, in a forum post on today. Although Lau doesn't specifically name the new range, his post links to a new Instagram page titled OnePlus Lite Z thing. Yeah. So it's probably going to be like the six, 600 series uh Pro, uh, Snapdragon instead yeah. of the eight, eight series, eight hundred series. Yeah, most likely something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and this points out, like obviously, current uh, one plus eight, uh, one plus eight Pro or seven hundred to nine hundred dollars. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's cool, but I think they left a good portion of their fan base in the dust a long time ago. Like myself, I haven't bought one since then because they kind of pissed me off. I think they make don't, but I think they do make quality products. They make absolutely one of the most well-made cell phones on the market. Period, as far as hardware goes, um, and yeah. as far as keeping up with updates too, they are one of the best companies to do that. 
they well, have a very rigorous testing process too. Yeah, they do absolutely a great job. I just think if they wish they would have stuck with keeping their phones to affordable for everybody and not just the higher end. Well, once your once your company becomes bigger, you have to pay for those people, and that that's that could be a small reason. Because you know they had what ten people working for the company now that it's hundreds. But the thing is, though, well, yeah, there's hundreds, but they're getting more sales. So the one plus one is yeah, because you also have to pay those people but that yeah, you didn't but, have to pay before. But you're getting for you're getting way more sales though too. Um, like the basic economic model is like you like you increase your sales by like ten percent, so you hire another couple more workers. So the percentage doesn't change on how much you're making in profit. You keep on adding people based on how much sales you're getting. So that your profit's still the same and you're still sustaining the same amount of workforce. You're not where if you hire too many people that's over exceeding where you're not getting as much profit, then that's a problem. That's you're hiring too many people at that point. Um, that's not economically mm -hmm. viable. Um, I think personally, like I think they do a great job and they make great phones. I think personally they just got a little too greedy. Because they yeah, yeah. because they got recognized as making really well made stuff. And they went, okay, well, let's let's go after the high-end market now. So. Um, and that was their choice, but they'll probably never get me as a customer ever again. What if they have a good price on this phone? I'm still not buying their product. Uh, it's the same uh, thing with, like, LG. I will never buy another LG product either. Um, because they pissed me off. Because they killed an Android phone I had. Uh, way early in its life cycle, I considered anyway. A lot of people wouldn't consider it, um, mm -hmm. um, because they wouldn't release the source code to the uh, public for them to keep on updating. Because they said we're not going to update the phone, uh, and a whole bunch of devs said we'll update it for the public. Just give us the source code, we'll do it. And they said mm -hmm. no, nope. Hmm. Um, and so at that point, I was like, yeah, no, I'm good with LG. So is that like? Is that even needed now these days? What do they need the source code or yes, like yes, they yes they have to be unlocked though? I mean, like they can't go and figure it out for themselves. No, no, you can unlock a code. So when you're writing a new, um, writing a ROM for an Android phone, right? For mm -hmm. all that hardware to work properly, properly inside the phone with the OS that you're writing. You have to have the source code to interact with that, what do you call it, that kernel on that ROM to interact with all the hardware on that phone that that company made. You need the source code from the firmware to actually run right or else it won't. And they, right. they have to have permission by the company to get that source code or could they get yes, the source code there's, themselves? No, there's no way to get the source code yourself. Okay. Um, that's what I was trying to. And that's to. why like when you see like, well, I don't know how many pay attention to the XDA forms. So when you watch the ROM, nobody truck, does. So, I don't know what you're talking about. So when you watch the <laughs> ROM start coming out for phones, uh, for companies that have stopped releasing their source code or didn't release their source code, you'll see things like, oh, the Bluetooth's broken, the camera's broken, but the rest of the ROM works fine because somehow they got most of the code to work. And, How do they do that with iPhones? Um, what do you mean? When they jailbreak an iPhone, how did they get? There's, they don't give their source code. There's because no way. They drag it out back and they beat the shit out of it until it gives up its code. <laughs> um, because they don't release anything different. Um, uh, so, um, if anybody doesn't know, like jailbreaking iPhone is very different. Um, that's the exact same ROM. There's no really difference in it. All they do is open up some holes so other things are allowed. 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, and that's the biggest difference. Use some loop, right? <laughs> Where, like, with Android, ROMs are completely ripping out giant sections or completely rewriting the code completely because Android is open source. You can take the original code for the Android operating system that just came out and start from there. That Google. How does everything always turn into Nate praising freaking Android? Um, like everything actually no that's not a praise to android this is a praise to the open source community um the open source community is pretty amazing and it's also terrible in some rights as well um and the reason why is because a lot of times what happens is with open source community oh people don't agree and this is what happens to its fragmentation so and that's a big big problem in general Well, then they can make their own. <laughs> yeah, but that's probably get fragmented, though. That's the thing, though. Google doesn't have a standard of what is an Android operating system. Like, they have oh, the open yeah. source oh, yeah. code that you're allowed to change, but you can't sell because that's the open source, open source yeah. terms. Well, that's the one problem with Android. There's too many. Um. Yeah, there's too many. That's why there should just be a standard Google Android. Well, there is, like, the... Um. You mean like Nokia, like the Android one series, like, mm-hmm. and what's on the pixel phones is like Android one is also considered. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they get constant updates right away if they opt into that. But the problem with companies like Samsung, LG, um, HTC, all these other companies go ahead and obviously they're allowed to write their own operating system with the Android source code, but then they go and add bloatware. They change something and they do a whole bunch of other shit to it, um, mm-hmm. which screws up and it makes people think, Oh, is that Android? No, that's a fraction of what Google put out as Android because they went and took that source code and changed it so drastically that it's not what the standard of Google put out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's the big thing. All right. So, so anyway. from from Android, we're going to go to uh, Apple. Apple. Boom. So uh, they had their big keynote this year. Uh, I guess it was... Uh, they they made a it was it wasn't live it was just a video that they made and I guess it had a very good production, <laughs> but uh, so a few of the things they're uh, doing the first biggest one is they're get they're not gonna have uh Intel anymore. Yes, that we, thought, um, we talked about that last week. Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna have Intel for a little while longer, and then they're gonna start coming out with the uh, ARM based chips. The reason is because not everything's compatible right now with the arm. So they got to do all that transitioning, but, uh, all iOS apps will work. It says they will work on uh Mac OS. So like if you buy an app on the phone now in the cloud, you'll be able to download on the computer too. Cause the, the, that's the best thing about, uh, Apple. They have a very good, uh, everything links to each other. Yeah. Ecosystem. Yeah. Um, their new OS is coming out. This is supposedly OS 11. And oh, guess what? They're they're adding something wholly new and innovative. Oh, we're not there yet. But <laughs> Mac OS is finally hitting 11. It's been 10 for the last 10 years or something. It's like yes. 10.2, 10.3. It's got eh, it, a lot of people don't like it. Like what, what they're explaining, you know, it's going to grow on them eventually. But like oh, some yeah. of the just the way the icons look and the, the, the background, I don't know. They rounded off the edges instead of the way they used to be and stuff. It's a, it's a little cartoony looking, yeah. Um, customizable star page, uh, refined app doc and finder, 
the menu bar is translucent, but you could change. I can do that anyway. Uh, mail app has colors. It's just a few little things. So now iOS 14 widgets. So they're finally adding widgets to the iPhones, just like the Android has, except they the uh, apps still lock in place, unlike uh, Android. So you can't like put all the apps on the bottom and have a couple widgets at the top. It just everything goes to the top. So oh. you have to move the stuff around, oh, and it geez. moves around. It locks into place, so you can't like have like an empty screen. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I was I was like I was really hoping for similarities because then I'm like hmm, maybe I will get an I'm, iPhone. But I'm waiting for the Apple fanboys look like holy crap! Look what they did. Yeah, right, right, right. Android has had that since 1.0. Yeah. How many? And now that they are, they finally added uh, <laughs> an app drawer. Oh, so something <laughs> else so innovative. So so you don't have to have like all the icons on every screen. You can put them in an app drawer and you can, you know, arrange the app drawer too, which oh. you can already do on Android. Yeah. yeah you go to app you go to your app drawer, it's got everything in this store, in this store, in this store. Oh. Uh yeah, it's a woo, wow, a genius. I can't I can't believe it. Um oh. supposedly you can change oh this is also something brand new, never heard of before. You can default your email uh, program and your browser. Oh, so you know, <laughs> if if you wanted to always use Chrome instead of Safari, you can default it to Chrome. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing before, <laughs> Android. <laughs> um, so, if anybody doesn't know, obviously, when I owned an iPhone, I was actually it was pretty much running an Android phone at that point. Um, last time I owned an iPhone was iPhone 3G. Uh, I had a four. I had a four. Um, uh, other iOS four, uh, include picture in picture feature. Wait a second. Wait a second. I think, I think I could do that with YouTube already. Anywho, you can do that. um, You can do that with Android also. You've been able to do that for the last like three OSs. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so when I had the iPhone 3G, I had widgets on my on my screen. I also was able to do, change the background, make blank screens. Um, I was able to do all these things because yeah. there's people out there that are willing to write the code to get things to run right. I had mine look like a HTC. Yeah, there was that. You could do that. Yeah, and all my uh, all my uh, icons were round instead of the square. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm they really also they what. They also have a heavy uh, revamped messaging thing for group conversations. So basically, unless somebody says your name in that conversation, you won't get it won't like you won't continuously get notifications like your texts won't keep going. Bing, 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 even though it's there, you're not even talking to them. Um, And here's a big one, big one, a new translate app. (laughs) Google is only leading the friggin' stampede in translation. <laughs> there's some watch OS uh, updates uh, where you can uh, configure watch faces, but there's still no 30. I mean, 30. There's still no third party watch faces like I can get on my Samsung. I can get like anything on it. Yeah. Uh, and you can you can swap your watch faces with friends that you make, I guess. Hmm. Uh, eh, who cares? Um, um, but it's getting sleep tracking. Uh, just a few. Oh, cycling specific directions. Huh. And then uh, iPad OS 14 is getting there's some updates with Scribble, which is their uh, 
text to speech and text and drawing stuff. Um, it'll let you handwrite into any text field and automatically convert your writing into text. Oh, Scribble can recognize, yeah, Scribble can recognize English and Chinese written in the same field, and it can distinguish them handwritten phone numbers. Another thing was like, say, say you're drawing drawing a design on the screen, and it's like an octagon, but you know it's your terrible handwriting or something. It'll figure out what it is and make make it an octagon. It's kind of interesting, uh, but I'm sure it's already existed. Oh yeah, it has. Uh, other it changes include a new sidebar. New sidebar yeah. navigation, the ability to start typing in the search bar and access apps. And who cares? Uh, AirPod Pros can now uh, say you're uh, you're on your phone listening to listen to your phone. You put that down. You grab your iPad. The the iPhones will. I mean the the AirPods will automatically transition to the iPad. And if you go to your iMac, it'll they'll transition to your iMac without having to you know switch it yourself. It's still the one you're closer to. Yeah, basically. You don't have to go to the Bluetooth menu to change it. So that's kind of neat. That is useful. Yeah. Um, but if you're listening to like a podcast through your phone and you want to do something on your computer, it's like, no, don't switch. Ah, damn it, it switched. But I'm sure you can control it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, another thing is like, then they now, like, if you take them out of ears or something, they'll, they'll uh, stop playing or whatever. Yeah, they will. Than they used to. Uh,. Spatial audio powered by Apple's custom algorithms. The goal is to create a surround sound like effect that you'll find in a theater. I, I'll never have them. AirPods, iPod, AirPods, whatever the fuck you want to call them, because they'll fall out of my ears. Um, <laughs> privacy and nutrition labels. Uh, a part of pledge to improve privacy, Apple will soon show nutrition labels that pull key details from privacy policy, policies. Those should give you a better sense of what you're sharing without having to read all of the fine print. Hmm. What's the picture say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's saying, like, data linked to you. The following data may be collected and linked to accounts, devices, or identify financial info, location, context, purchases, browsing history, or identifiers. So it tells you what the, that particular app will uh, share. Yeah. If it'll use your camera and stuff like that. There's some Apple TV updates. Um, Apple TV Plus is coming to Sony and Vizio smart TVs. I already have Apple TV on my TV. Yeah, Apple TV Plus, but it's it's supposed to be like a Netflix, but there's there's not much on there. Yeah, <laughs> there's like five shows. There's like five shows so far as on but that. There is the foundation coming to it, which is going to be awesome. But hey, that's a discussion. <laughs> um, so I thought a portion of an app. Rather. Oh, so there's a thing called Clips. And you'll be able to download a portion of an app rather than the entire program. You'll, you'll scan a QR code to download the specific function that you need. Oh, that's kind of useful. Hmm. Oh, yeah, car key. So you'll be able to open your car with a, with your phone. You'll you, like, can that, you can do that with Android that has, their, uh, has apps. Uh, I, I'm not sure how that one. This one uses NFC. Oh. Okay. It's, it's not like uh, whatever the hell that thing is that you have. Uh, OnStar. Uh, this one uses NFC. You you. Well, Put it to your car and it unlocks it. The one on Android just uses the cars that are connected to the internet through satellite. Oh, yep, 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 yep. That's what that uses. So, but that you have to have a car that has connected to the internet, though. Yeah, it what says car, pay for? car key pay, pairs a vehicle to an iPhone or Apple Watch and allows you to share their key digitally with family and friends. That's kind of neat. Yeah. The whole system uh, operates via Apple Wallet, 
tap your phone against the door handle or outside and it will read it and unlock the vehicle. That's going to be hacked. I see that being hacked. Oh, yeah, that'll easily be hacked. <laughs> if you can share it with friends, uh, but, boom. Yeah, but, so are key, yeah, but so are keys. Keys are easily hacked, though, too. So. Really? Oh, I don't know. Yes. And uh, that, that's easy. it. On this, <laughs> that's all there is on this page. So. All right. Well, let's get into our is there next anything topic. else you know about? We only have about 20 minutes, so let's move on. Yeah. Um, that's the Apple update. Anything major that happens or breaking, we'll cover it on the next episode. Um, but scientists have just smashed the speed record for the world's fastest supercomputer. So they put this computer together, IBM Summit. The supercomputer has been aggressively pushed into second place, which is what the fast computer was. Um, so this computer it runs at 415.5 quadrillion <laughs> computations per second. Beat that PlayStation. <laughs> um, holy An Xbox. Holy crap. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, Four, also 415 petaflops. Petaflops, which is 22.8 times uh, the record that was previously submitted. Um, <laughs> one exaflop. What the? Yeah. What a weird name. I'm sorry. Or one exaflop. Yeah, 1,000 petaflops is what uh, one exaflop. Yeah. Oh, it actually says here, the ne- uh, in comparison, the next Xbox later this year offers 12. Yeah, only 12 teraflops, which is like nothing. Only 12. Which is nothing compared to a petaflop. Like, <laughs> that is literally doesn't like... sound like pedophile. That's like, that's like <laughs> literally like a megabyte compared to a terabyte. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one, hun- one hundredth of a petaflop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, um, so they used a... Uh, Fuji used a uh, Fungaku, whatever. Used a Fungaku. Custom, 48-core uh, chip uh, um, from Fujitsu, and it packs in 158... 976 of them. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of... Yeah. Why don't we use food, Fujitsu processors these days? <laughs> um, so uh, the biggest change. So the um, the biggest thing why this is so important is because it's not Intel, it's not AMD, um, okay, and, it's, okay. and it's not IBM. It's an ARM processor. Oh, okay. Um, and they wanted to prove that ARM processors are the future, and they are right because they are way more efficient Um use way less heat and compile data and structure data way better. And it's working. The, the computer isn't even operational until next year. Yeah. That's why they use ARM processors and phones. They point out because ARM processors can do so much and put out so little heat. Um, that's why they are absolutely outstanding on smartphones because they are not cooled in any way on a smartphone pretty much. And they're able to maintain the same functionality and move super fast. Uh, once ARM processors become the mainstream processors for even desktops and um, industry computers, like it's going to be. Well, that's why that's why Apple has theirs. Yes. And they're going on to ARM, just straight ARM processors. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be like, I would be surprised if like what got AMD and Intel finally push on to making just ARM processors. Because that is the future. They are the more viable version of chips right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's the step before we get into quantum computers. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Quantum computers are going to trounce what these things can do. Intel um, and AMD better make their own ARM processor. They're going to, <laughs> I'm sure. We're going to see that in the next five years or so, I bet. Yeah. Um, okay. 
so, they call it the forearm or something. The forearm. <laughs> um, okay. So, right. um, <coughs> so who here watched the Evil Dead series? I, I did. Uh, I did until they canceled my beloved. Oh, the TV show. I'm okay, talking, I, I, I didn't see the show. I didn't see the so show. So, okay. So, Bruce Campbell um, is working on the new one, which is called Evil Dead Rise. That's a movie? Yes. Or a show? A uh, right. movie, I guess. Um, he hasn't revealed if it's a remake or a reboot or whatever they're doing. He hasn't it's revealed probably that. probably a woke boot. But what he stated was, he said the official name is Evil Dead uh, Rise. We're getting, what do you call it, a new draft in. I don't think anything will happen until 2021, he says. Uh, he said, we're going full ahead with it. We're very excited about it. A whole new ball game. No more Cabin in the Woods. So they're not going with the same, which is good. I mean, I liked the 2013 yeah, So The TV series didn't have any of that, though. No, no, no. But he's talking about because they're going back to the beginning. Um, that's the point. It's but we're not sure if it's a reboot or a remake. So they did have plans in 2013. So uh what Sam Raimi wanted to do in 2013, he wanted to redo their original project to what they kind of envisioned in their head because everybody knows Evil Dead the first one was a college project by Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um that was their college project, their graduating project that got uh, approved by a film studio after they saw it and got put in theaters and then published. Um, it wasn't supposed to be taken funny because that's not how they envisioned it. Um, Sam Raimi pointed out, but it turned it out into a slash horror slash comedy, which they decided to run with after the success of the first Evil Dead. Um, mm -hmm. And he wanted to go back and go, well, we have the effects nowadays and we have it's easy. It's cheap. Um, I can go ahead and remake Evil Dead the way I originally envisioned it in my head, which was the 2013 movie, uh, which was super gory and pretty horrific. Um, which Bruce Campbell was I don't want any of that. Um, so Bruce Campbell, um, no, but he did just himself as a personal. I don't care what you want. No, no, he, no, but yeah, but it's his project. He wanted to do it as a personal, like kind of like a bucket list thing. Like I wanted to make this project for real before I die. I want to see it come to life the way I originally envisioned it. Um, and that's what Sam Rainey kind of pointed out. And they were going to make a two and a three of it. And then he decided against it. He's like, no, I fulfilled my goal. I remade the original film the way I wanted it. Um, I put my vision out there that I originally envisioned for the movie. Um, and that's all of it. Um, so, and he succeeded. And I actually, I really enjoyed that film. I was kind of hoping for a two and a three, but it isn't going to happen. Um, but they are going to kind of reboot the Evil Dead storyline completely. Um, and this is all such a waste of time. So, and Bruce Campbell is, I guess, an executive producer. He's not playing. He's not an actor in this one, um, but, oh, he is, no. but he is an executive producer. He says he's pretty much done playing Ash. It's all just a waste of time. All of this. They should have just petitioned. They should have. What they should have done is try and sell the rights to Netflix and continue the TV series. The TV series was exactly what every fan wanted and was great. That's what they should have done. Um, but it, you, yeah. That's just true. abandon it makes no sense. Like, well, no, the reason why, do you know, like, for instance, Bruce Campbell and the uh, main director got into, and the producers got into kind of an argument because he didn't, uh, Bruce Campbell did not agree where it was going. That's why he refused to, why they finally they got canceled because he was like, no, that's not what this is about. Just so, 
and like I mean Bruce Idiotic. Campbell and Sam Rainey are kind of the authority because it was their story they made this um and so he was like you're not taking it anywhere we don't want and that's why they canceled it because he was like we're not doing it I'm not playing Ash in the direction that guy wants it to go hmm. I wonder what they were doing they were trying to make happen yeah probably so, we're gonna they're probably gonna make it woke um, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. That's what they probably were going to do. Um, yeah. And he pointed out in the interview, he said, um, Evil Dead is about average people coming up and being heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, that's what the character Ash was. Um, and he wants to hopefully recreate that in Evil Dead Rise. Hmm. So. <sighs> Evil Dead was so good. That show was so goddamn good. Mm. End of story. It's not debatable. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, but, but, yeah. He gets his head shoved up a cadaver's ass, people. <laughs> uh, and then it pees <laughs> on him. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get to this last topic real quick. Um, So there is supposedly a rumor that Michael Keaton is in talks to play Bruce Wayne. Eh. In the new Flash movie. Yes. I don't particularly care because I don't I didn't think him to be a good fucking Batman or Bruce Wayne. People uh, are over exaggerating. Every one I of love, those movies were average. I love at the best. 1989 Batman was awesome. Yeah, no, they were all bad. They were all bad. You go back it. and watch it now, they were all bad. I have actually Then you're being a fanboy. Midway through that movie, they do a goddamn music video. Where Prince is singing on a float. Yes. While the Joker is taking over Gotham. Yes. It, it, but it's, it's so Jack terrible. Nich- but it's Jack Nicholson. He was like also eighties. <laughs> That's great. the only part that was good was Jack Nicholson was good in the role. The rest of the movie was literally not Batman at all. I, don't know. I really enjoyed that one. I really because you were that. eight. I still enjoy it. Because you were eight. I That's like me it. watching The Wizard. Uh, Everybody knows The Wizard's a terrible movie. I still enjoy it. I love it. I love that movie. <laughs> exactly. But we all know it's a terrible movie. Yeah, it's bad. It's a nice commercial. And it was the also... only good Batman movies that have ever been done have been the Christopher Nolan ones. And you also forget it was also done by Tim Burton too, so which is pretty sweet. That doesn't that doesn't improve its standing as That's a comic true. book movie. But it Michael was Keaton dark. Was it, was dark right? it was dark. It was, it dark. was actually. No, it, really, it, it wasn't was. dark. That's the point. It wasn't dark at all. That the half the time you spent, you were just laughing at how absurdly stupid the character of the Joker was. He wasn't threatening. He wasn't scary. And the other half of the time, you're laughing that this scrawny little bitch of of a man called Michael Keaton is somehow fighting off these villains who all look like they fell out of like Sesame Street villain school. Like it was just terrible. Well, that was like all the villains in the 80s, though, too. That doesn't mean they were bad. All those movies were bad. It's not like they were any good. Like, it wasn't no better. In Come the- on, what's better than him not being able to move his neck? The villains weren't any better than Delta Force or anything. I mean, the villains are about the same. <laughs> but so. I hope he does. That'd be cool. Playing like an older Batman. Hmm. Like, for, for Flashpoint. Yeah. I just don't think he was a good Batman. And I feel like they're, they're like, let's pander this. people. No. He was not a good Batman, and you're going to find out soon enough that not many people cared about his Batman because he wasn't very good. People, it's a nostalgia thing. 
And don't, don't, don't you're calling him scrawny, but what what's his name was pretty scrawny too. Who? The Christopher Nolan Batmans. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Kristen Bale. Are you kidding me? Kristen Bale is Kristen Bale. Are, dude, not are you like are you kidding me? Do you no. know the difference between do you know the difference between scrawny and buff? Yeah, but still. No, you don't. Because any bigger for example, than him. for example, Bruce Lee. Yep. Skinny guy. Yeah. Ripped. Cut. Okay? Well, when you're that thin, it's easy to get that way. But the point is, the point is, uh, what's his name? Uh, what the hell's his name? The guy from the new movies. Not not Ben Affleck, Aaron. Robert, no, the I guy heard. from the Christopher Nolan movie. What was his name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. His body size is that, but he was toned and ripped out in that movie. Michael Keaton's body size, about the same size, couldn't lift a freaking package. All you can do is look at him and tell that he's literally got no muscle. That's the difference. They didn't didn't emphasize that in the movie. Okay. But, okay, Bazinga, let me give you, because I work, I work with, everybody knows I do work with Bazinga. Um, I am sure nobody just seeing me would assume what I can do. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, like, you know that's I mean? the same. Like, as... like you know, what I mean, like you can't make that assumption. Well, that's assuming that Michael Keaton couldn't. That's what I mean. No, you can't no, make Michael Keaton literally couldn't. No, you can't make that assumption, dude. Nate, you, you, it, that is the worst argument ever. You work for a living. You, you spend your time lifting and moving shit around. Michael Keaton was an actor, and in the eighties, except for action stars, they did not go out of their way. To build muscle, Michael Keaton was never muscular, and he was always weak looking as Batman. No, but neither am I, though. But I guarantee you, like, yeah, yeah, you because you work for a living. You, how hard is this to understand? That's like saying that Justin Bieber could kick my ass, dude. Justin Bieber's never lifted a thing in his life. I could pick him up with one arm and throw him ten feet. Uh, like you work for a living, you may not be toned, but you've been doing it for like what twenty years. Yeah. Michael Keaton's entire life was walk around and act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he never played but, a role but that required him to yeah, build. I'm basing like your like the point is like say if you didn't know who Michael Keaton was, and you didn't know what his previously did before that, like you're making an assumption. That's my point. No, I'm not making an assumption. I guarantee you, if you put them two together. And you show like I can see pictures of him right now, dude. He yeah. looks like he weighs a buck eighty. Yeah, but tops. Yeah, but that's my point. You're making assumptions. So that's up. how much Christian Bale probably weighed. Yeah, no, that is dude, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, Christian Bale's puny. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like my point is, you can't make just by an image of someone looks. You can't. You you are ridiculously delusional about how Christian Bale looked in those movies. Okay, the dude literally took a year of physical therapy and training to be strong enough. He had freaking guns in that movie. You have no idea what you're talking about because you, you don't remember either one of them. Like Michael, just, Keaton is, Michael Keaton is like, is like Nate standing next to John Cena. And John Cena is Christian Bale. That's how much bigger Christian Bale is mus- muscle-wise as Bruce Wayne in those movies. 
Like, oh yeah, go look at the old movie. Wait, because they do they do scenes like flashbacks when he's training in the first movie. He's mm-hmm. literally probably two fifty muscle. No. Dude, I've got pictures not, right here, dude. I'm looking right, right, right now myself. All right, all right, before we get too on a tangent. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a tangent, it's a reality. Okay, so either way, I personally, I know you guys, well, Grim's not excited to see Michael Keaton, but I'll be excited to see Michael Keaton as a, uh, what do you call it, as Bruce Wayne again. Um, if this happens, that'll be really cool. Um, just because it's a nostalgia for me. Um, but we'll see how the reaction of the fans is when this movie comes out. Um and I'm guessing the guy who's playing the Flash will not be playing the Flash. I think it's gonna be someone else. Um, no, it's gonna be him. Oh, it is. I'm pretty sure that's what it's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Ezra, as it says in Ezra, yeah, Ezra Miller's uh, yeah, upcoming movie. Because there was another thing, but we won't get into it. Maybe we'll get into it next week. How he's probably getting fired. Uh, oh, oh, because of the thing yeah. that he, he got arrested, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's probably getting fired. Um, so that is another. That's a whole other thing. Wait, who got what? No, no, we don't have time to talk about it, so we're not going to get into it. Um, I just want to know who Ezra, it is so I can look it up. Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. Anyway, okay, so who the fuck is Ezra Miller? Miller. So this is the ending. Flash. Of, this is the ending of the Talking Gaming and Tech podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week at five o'clock, Standard East. Well, yeah, on the on the East Coast, Eastern Standard Time. Um, if you want to check us out live, Twitch.tv/slash Get Tech Geeks, five o'clock Wednesday. We are here. We'll be back in the studio sooner than later, hopefully. Uh, we don't know when yet. We don't have a date, but hopefully soon. And if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash get teched. And we will be putting out new videos soon enough. That's another thing that's kind of been a hiatus during this pandemic. We'll be making videos soon. We're just not sure when, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, but definitely check out our backlog of videos. There's a lot out there. We just put out a new keyboard video that we shot before the pandemic. Um, especially if you need a new keyboard, it's actually halfway decent. Go check it out. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. But until next week, For the latest and greatest in gaming and tech, get teched.